0: This week in the parish of bourses and market structure. LME make a chairman surprise. DB1 Simcorp delayed. There's a new B3 Nasdaq deal and the UK extends short selling. My name is Patrick L. Young. Welcome to the Bourse Business Weekly Digest. It's the Exchange Invest Weekly Podcast, episode 202. amidst a large stream of CZ tweets as usual. four full stop, more fud about some departures. Yes, there is turnover at every company, but the reasons dreamed up by the news are completely wrong, claimed CZ. That in response to headlines including Binance's top strategist confirms departure amidst rumours of US resignations. And Binance plunges into crisis as senior execs quit over CEO Peng Zhao's response to Justice Department investigation. Given how the Chief Strategy Officer, Patrick Hillman, now resigned, has been so behind the Binance for FUD movement throughout the course of the year, with often remarkable def- demonstrations of towing a party line, which has become increasingly questioned by even the mainstream media, I've got to say it's hard to believe that there are not widespread concerns. The Feds are coming from Binance soon. Then again, who would ever resign stating... I cannot stay in that job because I think the Feds are going to arrest us. Anyway, Crypto V.1s are clearly rattled. Why else would the permaphoning to to CZ head of Binance Strategy be amongst those wanting to m- urgently quit right now? Oh yes, ForFUD, ForFUD, ForFUD and all that malarkey. The latest piece of odd behaviour, however, comes not from Binance, but from Brian Armstrong, who has shown an admirable ability to run up a hype monster to great effect, but, at best, the jury remains deadlocked on what actual management acumen he possesses. Anyway, in what was probably a, or another, rookie error... Would surely infers panic on his part. Suddenly, Brian Armstrong's Twitter history disappeared the other day. In a more worrying move, it also disappeared from the Wayback Machine, which has been a handy historiographical de- device for the internet as a whole. However, when you have a mass army of folks who cooperate and have watched this bubble build, it wasn't a huge surprise to find a sudden resurrection of a kind, e.g. Travis Brown's GitHub just published deleted tweets by Brian Armstrong, CEO of Coinbase. To the big question, why delete vast numbers of past tweets, the poker face is apparent, but it's really hard to see why you do this now, if you have nothing to hide, have nothing to be afraid of, or believe you are in a good place concerning regulatory inquiries, as one might euphemise them. This looks like a move of pure madness. The innocent has suddenly invoked questions as to his guilt. If you enjoyed this excerpt, you may be interested to know that you can read BitCarnage every day alongside all the world's market structure news in Exchange Invest. Alternatively, if you want to follow BitCarnage alone, the daily update on happenings in the world of crypto and digital asset market structure, then you can find BitCarnage as a Substack standalone. In the main news this week, Hong Kong just cannot be China's financial centre. It must be counted among the top global hubs, said the Hong Kong mercantile authorities, Eddie Yu. In London, you can trade commodities while the regulator's sleep was the biting remark of columnist Javier Blas, who had a few doozies of late. His discussion of EU gas markets last year, for instance, when he apparently swallowed the EU line unthinkingly, was a low point. However, he's in brutal point here when he's discussing the LME and the nickel nightmare, noting, for instance, in an era when commodity trading is increasingly a 24-7 business, regulation is still a cushy 9-5 to job. The Nigerian Exchange, they're working with shareholders to reduce the settlement's cycle. And interestingly, the UK have made a tiny little move towards a new hope and a spot of Brexit deregulation, scrapping public disclosure of short selling. The disclosure thresholds bilaterally to the regulator have also risen. It's a small step for London, no giant step for Brexit, but it is progress even if it could be filed under not a lot and remarkably late at best. Meanwhile, the London Stock Exchange Group, in between group Zoom calls trying to build a culture for the company, they're starting a search for a new city office. They could well be leaving Paternoster Square. Well, as we said this week in Exchange Invest, we've heard Paris has inventory, plus Canary Wharf, if the LSEG still wants to stay in London. Meanwhile, over in Tel Aviv, there were protests at the Stock Exchange there before an Israel Knesset vote. Protest centred the Tel Aviv Stock Exchange during an event where Economy Minister Nir Barakat was intended to address. Finally, in the major stories of the week, the Bombay Stock Exchange, they've unveiled a new logo marking their 149th anniversary of their foundation. New Markets This Week The Business Standard says it all. India's carbon credit trading scheme spins a maze of regulatory complexity. Wasn't it always ever thus in India? Meanwhile, Zimbabwe's carbon exchange has kicked off with a gift from the Belarusians and Ethiopia continues to gear up for the launch of their first securities exchange. Deal news this week. Deutsche borse they they've announced an extension of the offer period for the public takeover of Simcorp. They don't seem to quite reach the threshold on numbers yet in terms of shareholder acceptance. And they're also working their way through the regulatory approval, including the EU. The offer period's been pushed back a few weeks for the shares of Simcorp AS until the 3rd of August 2023. Interesting new piece of market structure coming to market in the near future. NSDL, the National Securities Depository Limited in India, registered market infrastructure institution under SEBI, is moving towards IPO. It's the CSD, the dominant CSD to NSE, and major shareholders include the Industrial Development Bank of India, IDBI, Unit Trust of India, UTI, and the National Stock Exchange itself. Meanwhile, the Pacific Capital Markets Development Enterprise, who are the owners of the PNGX in Papua New Guinea, have announced that they've acquired 12.5% of the South Pacific Stock Exchange, the national market of Fiji, based in Suva. Don't forget, if you're looking for some reading during a long, hot summer, as seems to be breaking out at the moment, at least in the Northern Hemisphere, of course, check out a copy of my book, Victory or Death, Blockchain, Cryptocurrency and the Fintech World. It's published by DV Books and distributed by Ingram Worldwide. While you're waiting for your copy of Victory or Death to Arrive, check out our live stream Tuesday 6pm London time, one o'clock New York time. It's the IPO video live show. Catch the back episodes on LinkedIn and YouTube via IPO-Vid. Most recently we had... An opportunity to chew the market cud with the cow guy. That was Scott Shelody in episode number 113. And coming this week, we've got a fabulous guest coming once again. It's going to be Hamish McCrae, author and futurist. And he's going to be talking about the world in 2050. Don't miss that show, ladies and gentlemen. Finance Book of the Week. Of course, as you know, we've added a Book of the Week column to the Exchange Invest Weekend Edition. You can sign up for EI Weekend for free, incidentally, at Exchange Invest Daily and get a An interesting synopsis of some useful macro reads from around the world in your inbox every Saturday. Anyway, choosing interesting books pertaining to exchanges and markets investment at all. We've gone this week for one written by our IPO vid guest number 32, Clive Lambert. Candlestick Charts, an introduction to using candlesticks, aims to enable this simple viewing of a candlestick chart to answer the perennial question. Who's controlling the market? The bulls or the bears? Product news this week. China and Hong Kong, their central banks, are exploring extending repo trading to Bond Connect. Hooray, 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 I say. LCHSA, the Paris arm of London Clearinghouse, they've merged Repo Clear and Euro GC Plus services. The European Exchange Energy Exchange, EX, their exchange council, has welcomed the expansion of products for the Nordic Power Markets. That's, of course, on the back of their buying NASDAQ's Nordic Power Exchange assets. Meanwhile, the Intercontinental Exchange, they're going to be launching environmental futures markets based on Alberta's carbon programme. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly. We welcome your feedback. You can contact me directly, patrick at derivativesvision.com with any comments. Meanwhile, if you enjoyed this show, we would welcome you giving us a thumbs up or if you have time, a positive review will always be welcome wherever you find this podcast. Technology news. Big news of the week. B3 and NASDAQ announced partnership to develop new clearing platform. In 2011, you will recall, the mega breakthrough sale by sinober for its clearing system, which was then rather revolutionary, came at B3, which was looking to unify a massively contradictory cross-asset architecture after it had brought together all manner of exchanges, including, of course, the Sao Paulo Stock Exchange and the Rio de Janeiro Stock Exchange, along with the Bond Exchange and much else beside. Mission accomplished. Sinobur was then swallowed by NASDAQ, and now NASDAQ are looking to build the next generation of the original Sinobur systems. An interesting side point here to bear in mind is how Vermiculus, the latest company from Sinobur Founder Nils-Robert Person recently gained investment from B3's venture capital arm, as well as working on B3 projects beyond its equity clearing system. Anyway, it's a good extension for NASDAQ adding a return to their purchase of Synober One story which is not so happy this week, how MCX is dealing with its tech transition woes that ran in Z Business, an article which suggests a cluster-mess entirely of MCX's own making, but at the same time, TCS happily took the money, and if it quoted began work without adequate documentation specification, it's not above blame either. As an interesting aside, SEBI had told MCX to explore utilising software-as-a-service models with any of the existing exchanges or clearing corporations until MCX and MCX-CCL are ready to handle the transition, went the article. Not that SEBI might ever be accused of being anti jignesh Shah and always seeking to throw out financial technologies, or indeed, as it's known these days, 63 moons. Perish the thought. The UK FCA, they've proposed a UK consolidated tape. I think I'm pretty cooling on this one, having said it was a good move just a few days ago. It'll be interesting to see what emerges all the same. It's not a harmful move altogether, but at the same time, I would suggest the more exciting thing coming up is the October deadline from the FCA on trading perimeter issues. That could be crucial for both exchanges and non-exchange venues, depending on where the FCA deem the borders lie. Meanwhile, the London Stock Exchange is deploying windward artificial intelligence capabilities to combat sanctions busting across global shipping in real time. Hurrah! However, in other news, the blowback to LSEG is notable in various UK media because the firm owns Refinitiv, which owns WorldCheck, which is being fingered as an agent of opacity in the ongoing UK scandal about bank accounts being withheld from those without sufficiently politically correct political opinions. Regulation news this week. The Wall Street Journal ran a feature antitrust officials pile on the paperwork. The FTC has, well, long been a sleepy hollow, but now suddenly it's got all these wildly activist Biden appointees on the commission. And it's become a critical pathway of obstinance towards progress as a key focus of the ridiculously dismal Brezhnev regime, which believes in killing commerce through rank interventionism at every turn. The FTC are creating a change from 37 hours to 144 hours just for the basic filing of paperwork for the FTC itself. That, on average, serves nobody except the blob and reminds us why this is an utterly toxic presidency, presuming you believe in commerce. ADGM, the Abu Dhabi Global Markets, they've introduced a regulatory framework for sustainable finance, which is good to see. The Qatar Financial Markets Authority has issued a resolution to establish a single window committee for capital markets. And the UK is planning to reverse the MIFID II era ban on free research for clients. Hooray, hooray. We all say anything that gets rid of even elements of MIFID II, the great European Union waste of time, has got to be applauded. Career paths this week. The LME Clear, that's the Clearing House of the London Metals Exchange, have appointed a new chairman of the board. He's well known to us. They've announced the appointment of David Warren, who's going to be effective from the 20th of July, succeeding Marco Strimmer, who'll step down as chairman, having reached the end of his term. Now, given Marco Strimmer has considerable expertise in clearing and given the many concerns about LME following the nickel nightmare, he was a very, very sound chairman. I'm not convinced the former NASDAQ CFO, former LST, E.g., CFO David Warren is the ideal choice here as a chairman of a CCP, which has many issues to address going forward and really could have benefited from a genuine CCP specialist. Over at SIBO, they've promoted Jill Gribanoff to Chief Financial Officer. Congratulations to her. And I suppose that leaves us just with a word of interesting advice a statement from the SEBI chairman, Madhabi Puri book, who was talking to the incoming students of IIM Ahmedabad, a leading management institute, at a recent event. Be like a potato, down to earth, without ego, and absorb the essence of your surroundings. As you embark on your journey, envision yourself as a potato. So, SEBI promotes regulation by root vegetable. They may say this, I could not possibly comment. And on that magnificent and mysterious note, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Patrick L. Young. Thank you very much for listening to this episode 202 of the Exchange Invest Weekly Podcast. We'll be back every day during the week with the Exchange Invest Daily Newsletter, the exchange of information, the bulletins for the bourse business. And of course, on the weekends with the Exchange Invest Weekly Digest as well. Have a great week in blockchain life and markets.